You're listening to CounterTalks, Canada's podcast for the equipment and event rental industry. CounterTalks is a presentation of Canadian Rental Service Magazine. Now here's your host, Patrick Flannery. Welcome to this very unusual edition of the Rental Mart. I'm uh, Pat Flannery. I'm the editor of uh, Canadian Rental Service Magazine, and it's really great to have everyone here today. Um, we're really happy to bring everyone together in this format. Uh, you know, spring trade shows are always an annual tradition for uh, us in the rental industry for more than 40 years now. And uh, I think this past year has underlined how much we missed the chance to get together uh, and uh, tell lies and kick the tires on the equipment we'll be renting for the next year. We're uh, a social people and being cut off from friends and enemies has not been easy. So we'll do our best to replicate the uh, usual rental mart experience here today. If you're seeing and hearing this, you've obviously figured out basically how this platform works. But if you want a quick tutorial, you can go to the lobby and watch the video there. You'll see there's a chat window on the right where you can type messages that everyone will see. You can also chat privately with any attendee or exhibitor here. Uh, you just click on their name. And uh, if you have any uh, difficulty with that, you can watch the video. You can also get help uh, in the chat from uh, our technical people who are watching that and will uh, and will take care of you. Uh, you'll see on the left-hand side, we have an exhibit hall where you can see all the vendors' booths and the booth tour room where you can watch videos about their products that they've submitted. Uh, I really encourage all of you to use those functions to get the most out of the day. If you have questions or technical problems, like I said, uh, just type in the chat and uh, one of our crack events team members will help you. So just to get some idea of today's agenda, we'll be getting our uh, Cross Canada panel on here very soon. Uh, I have heard that uh, Mike Wood may have to join us late. Uh, he has some silly phone call with some government minister uh, that uh, apparently is running late. So uh, this, <laughs> I, I, guess, uh, I guess that takes priority. Uh, we'll wrap that up at 12.15 and take a lunch break uh, until one of you uh, and give you a chance to check out some of our exhibitors. And uh, then we'll be back in here with uh, Ken McDougal from Skyjack, who will give us some of his perspectives on the state of things and uh, take your questions. We'll take another break between two and three. And then at three, we're going to launch a recorded video of uh, my interview with Mike Wood, uh, talking about his efforts to help the industry during the pandemic, which have been amazing. Uh, and uh, Mike will be on at that time uh, to take your questions in the chat. That's going to wrap our day up around for today. So uh, once again, uh, great for everyone to join. And thanks so much for being here. Um, okay, that out of the way, we'll go to our Cross Canada panel. I'm very pleased to have a really incredible group of rental here guys today. Uh, and although I have to admit three out of four of them ended up coming to us from uh, Ontario, but that's how things happen. Uh, we were going to have Regina represent with uh, Adam Snook, but he ran into a problem with his drivers and is busy driving back and forth to a landfill site all day, <laughs> uh, which makes me sad, but it makes me happy because it's possibly the most rental story I've ever heard. <laughs> Anyways, let's move now to our uh, panel and we'll uh, get into the introductions. So first of all, let's talk to Blake Menning from All Choice Rentals. Blake, why don't you come on and uh, give us a uh, give us a little introduction of yourself and your company, and uh, and we'll uh, and we'll go on from there. Thanks, Pat. Uh, so yeah, my name is Blake Menning. I'm one of the owners of All Choice Rentals, and I'm the vice president of All Choice Rentals. Uh, 
Uh, All Choice Rentals, we are a full service rental company. We have um, four locations being in Drayton Valley, Rocky Mountain House, uh, Hinton, and then we have a portable toilet division in Edson. Uh, we also own and operate a uh, lawn and garden retail store, as well as a, an electrical manufacturing company that specializes in uh, clean green technology. So it's been uh, quite a quite a year, and uh, I'm looking forward to this conversation today. Yeah, fantastic. Thanks, Blake. Jeff, unmute yourself and uh, give us the lowdown on uh, yourself and uh, St. Thomas Rental. Hi, I'm uh, Jeff Campbell from St. Thomas Rental. Um, we're a general tool rental place. We've been around 43 years since 1978. Um, we're in a small community outside of London. We have a trading area of probably 50,000. We deal mainly in uh, small contractor, agriculture, and a fair amount of uh, do-it-yourself business. Mm -hmm. And that's who we are. Located located very close to the lovely Pinafore Park. Uh, Jeff has a great, oh no, well I get that, that's where you were. I don't, are you still there? No, we uh, moved yeah, to a new location uh, six years ago. Pat. That's right, that's right, I know. I, <laughs> I, I knew it, it's somewhere in the back of my head. <laughs> okay, let's go to uh, Paul Van Stavern at Stainer Rental. Paul, how are you doing? Good, Pat. Thank you. Yeah. Um, my name is uh, Paul Van Staveren. I have a my wife and I. We have a small rental business in Stainer, Ontario, which is about an hour an hour and a bit just straight north of Toronto. We're predominantly an agricultural small contractor um, tourist area, being close to Collingwood, Barry, um, whatever. We run. Uh, we built a new location here about twelve years ago. We run about thirty thousand square feet predominantly small uh, contractors some and homeowners. We do very, very little party, but we do have a little bit of stuff. Uh, and uh, we run uh, all out of this one location here. Similar to Jeff, what Jeff was saying, we run about a, a one hour radius to an hour and a half radius. And uh, we, we keep our hands full with that. We also have a component of our business. We have a water pump service. And uh, we also like to tell people we farm on the side, which gives us a bit of input to some of the local agricultural connections. So we have a full house, but all run out of this operation. Fantastic. So let's uh, mute yourself. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So uh, that's great, guys. And so here's what I want to do uh, uh, just to just to get us warmed up for things. Uh, I I, I want to go uh, uh, sort of market by market and, and just each of us give your give your impression of the of the business conditions right now and uh, and and what you're seeing in your area. Oh, I'll just remind everybody that uh, we may have Mike Wood uh, joining in to uh, sort of represent the party sector um, at uh, at some point here. Uh, but uh, Mike does have a uh, apparently a very important meeting that is running over, so uh, we'll see if he can he can get in with us uh, in a minute, Blake. I, you know, tell tell me tell me how things are going uh, uh, in Alberta right now. Uh, what are you seeing? I mean, I I think you guys are are somewhat exposed to the oil field side of things. Uh, obviously, oil is up uh, right now, but there that that's following a really a, I think a long stretch of things being fairly depressed, and obviously all the pipeline news that uh, that 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 must be casting a bit of a chill there. Um, how, how are you? How are you seeing things? How's business? Uh, and I guess what's uh, what's hot for you right now? 
That's a great question. I mean, it's been, uh, certainly it's been a challenge. You know, when I came on to All Choice Rentals six years ago, kind of our mandate was to grow the business and expand and, and try and grow as much as we could. But I mean, uh, I, I've said to my business partner, could you imagine what it'd be like to run a business when times were good? Uh, just because in the last six years, we've had uh, two recessions, uh, an oil and gas price collapse, as well as a pandemic that we're dealing with. So, uh, I mean, for us, we kind of did a, a major pivot where, you know, we were very much had all our eggs in the oil and gas industry. So we made a kind of a conscious effort to diversify our rental fleet, start looking at more general rentals, kind of go after the, um, you know, the infrastructure and commercial um, projects, kind of more of a weekend warrior approach to. Um, so, so today I would say our, our business is, you know, 50-50, you know, kind of construction, uh, and then the other 50 being um, oil and gas. Uh, we were very fortunate in that uh, kind of one of the differentiators of all choice rentals is we also run a waste management division. So we have a fleet of roll-off bin trucks. Uh, we also have a uh, portable toilet and septic division. So um, that was one side of our business that did very well, I guess, during COVID. Uh, I mean, overall, we were down uh, a little bit, but, uh, you know, we had, uh, like, we've got a fleet of, you know, 10 back trucks, 600 plus toilets, wash cars, uh, hand wash stations, hand sanitizers. So that was one side of our business that, that has continued to do well. And, and, and today what we're seeing is, you know, construction companies and oil and gas companies that are firing up right now. You know, there's a huge push towards you know providing a clean workspace and and, and work site. So um, we're certainly benefiting from that aspect. So it's been, uh, you know, we're starting to see um, you know more calls every day, and it's been uh, it's been you know promising to say the the next you know six months actually looks that it um, you know it, it could be a pretty decent year for us. Mm. I love I love that point about having to pivot. Uh, to, uh, to, to, to try something different uh, for the different conditions. Jeff, uh, unmute yourself. You've been, in, you've been in business, as you just said, for 43 years, since 1978. You can probably tell Blake what it's like to operate in good times uh, as well as bad. Um, what, um, it, you know, what are, what, are, what are some shifts you've seen over the years? Can, can you think of a time when you actually had to Move your move your rental business in a, in, in a sort of a different direction than what you're doing, or or have you guys sort of had a niche where you've been able to stay the same uh, for for 40 years? Well, every year is different, and um, you know it's really determining where your market is, where where your place is in the market. Um, being a smaller business, it's fairly easy for us to pivot as uh, climate changes. Um, you know, we're always looking a few months ahead, uh, or a season or two, and we, we react to that. Um, you know, this, this re a pandemic that came out when it was on, we were able to adapt, uh, fairly quickly to continue on business the way we're doing. Um, and it just took a different form. Uh, you know, it's been a move for us. It, it was, um, we've had a good year in the pandemic. Uh, as well as uh, the community's been growing. But with that, you've got to hire extra staff and all that. And you just have to really zone in closer to what your core value is. 
And you know, when when you hit a tough time, uh, just remember where your roots are and, and focus on that. And you know, we've done all right doing that. We've done it through a few recessions. Give me a bit more about your market, Jeff, because um, uh, you know I'm, I, I live very close to you. Obviously, I'm in London. You're in St. Thomas. We're about uh, 20 minutes away from each other, not even. Um, and uh, and and you know one of the big things that we've been seeing here, right? You, you mentioned the community growing your your market that you're in. Uh, our, our real estate prices have just gone through the roof, um, and uh, and there seems to be this this surge of of people buying in our area. I, I, you know, I, and I attribute some of that to the working from home thing. You know, people in Toronto are able to sell their million dollar house and move out here and get a heck of a lot more and, and basically pay cash. Um, and uh, is that the kind of growth that you're seeing in, in, in St. Thomas too, Jeff? And, and well, I guess what kind of opportunities has that created for you? Well, that's that's been a huge growth. Um, you know, we couple that with uh, uh, a larger location, more equipment, uh, better exposure. Um, the GTA, I'm going to call them the GTA group that are coming down. Um, this all started long before the pandemic, but the pricing in St. Thomas is considerably less than in the GTA. And it is um, the home office working from home has kicked in. Um, that's grown. And with the pandemic, where there's a lot of people working from home, they decided that they didn't need to live in the GTA and they're looking for smaller communities. And with that comes your commercial growth, your retail growth. Um, you know, our industry is is solid. Uh, I, I haven't seen tremendous growth in that. And actually, we're facing manpower issues now. Yeah. So, really. yeah. Well, we'll we, we're gonna we're gonna get into that. I've got that I've got that on the list here because uh, I wanna I wanna find out how people are finding the labor market out there. Um, move over to Paul. Paul. Um, you know, you're, like you say, you're exposed a little more to agriculture. Um, uh, yesterday uh, on our uh, on our setup call, or I guess it was two days ago. That was Monday. Time has lost me. Um, you were uh, you were mentioning you were uh, on a call at the same time to get to get your groundwater license. Uh, <laughs> I guess I guess I guess the uh, how how are you seeing things in the uh, in the in the agricultural sector? Um, has uh, has has COVID really had any effect on that sector? I mean. You know they're they're out there on the farm and it's not like they uh, they had to get together in an office anyways um it, it must have gone pretty strong for you we are not complaining about our this last year or so but i will agree with blake and jeff they both had to pivot to a certain degree more in how you deliver your goods we we had to shut the store for a part of last year we're not getting the retail sales saying that from an agricultural point of view the biggest problem people are having now is getting parts getting getting machinery we've got equipment that we're being told now we're not getting till next july and august and it's it's pretty it's hard you know you got to stay on top of it in the agricultural sector we've had a, a year of both good commodity prices and good yields in this area so farmers generally have money they're looking at building sheds they're looking at building barns that's only one component though, like Pat, what we're talking about. And, and, and I can't emphasize, like Jeff was just saying, we're an hour north of Toronto. Everybody, I won't say everybody that's coming up here who had a weekend places, and there's a lot of places right near the ski hills here that you can call them a weekend chalet, but they're actually a home. And people are looking at moving out. The schools are bulging here with kids 
from people who have moved up in and saying, hey, we're going to try it, and they're able to work from home. So is it is it hurting us right now? It's changing us right now. Um, we're going to talk, I know, a little later about machinery. We've put a big effort into upgrading our fleet. And, you know, it's it's been a year that you could do it. You could afford to do it sort of thing. So we can't, I'm not knocking, you know, what we've had to go through the last year. We're going to talk about labor. We have problems finding help. And that's one of those things that, you know, I think we've had for years. When I started in business in 1989, 1990, I didn't know we were having a recession back then because we were used to having tough times or you just scrape by with from, you know, to hand to mouth sort of thing. Today it's different. And, uh, you know, everybody's dealing, we'll call it in different ways. Blake, pick up that, pick up that point uh, about uh, uh, different technology uh, you might look at in, in, as part of the pivot. How, how, how has, how has the pivot that you've had to make uh, over the last few years um, affected affected your fleet? What, what 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 have been the big changes? Well, I mean, for us uh, personally, like we're we're totally focused on trying to grow our organization and business. So, and that's been extremely challenging to do. So, for us, we kind of look at it through the lens of um, building partnerships with other companies. Uh, I tend to play I tend to play nice with everyone. Uh, you know, some of my best friends are, you know, from the big box, you know, um, rental companies and, but, you know, aligning ourselves with good um, vendors and suppliers so that, you know, I don't necessarily need to have a hundred million dollars worth of equipment, but when that, uh, when those calls come, I know exactly where to get them, how to, uh, you know, and how about, how to go about getting those uh, items for all my customers. So I think for us, you know, building those relationships, uh, has been has been critical for us in our growth and expansion. And, uh, you know, and it's, we're not a low cost provider. Uh, we never have been, I will not, you know, throw out huge discounts. Uh, it's just not something we do. Uh, but, you know, if you do call us at two, three, four in the morning, you know, we have a mandate to have somebody on the road within 60 minutes of that call. Uh, it's part of and, and if we don't, I mean, we're going to give you the rental for free. So we, we kind of know, speak actions, not words. So it's, um, it's been a, it's been, it's been interesting for sure. I uh, know we certainly want to, um, you know, we, we pride ourselves in having a, a good core fleet, but it's, uh, it's just knowing where to go to get those, um, those items. And then also providing that customer service, you know, there's, there's kind of a, a huge, I mean, it's going to be a tipping point at some point where, you know, guys are looking for, for, you know, the cheapest deals, but, you know, they can't provide that good service with those, with that pricing. So um, for us, we, um, you know, we're looking to, to, to just kind of um, help our customers the best we can. And, and, and it's, and it's really worked well for us because, I mean, we're just a small rental store in, in kind of central Alberta, but we have equipment from British Columbia to Ontario. So, you know, customers are, are kind of learning that if you want good service and, you know, and, and somebody that's gonna answer the phone, um, you know, you come to look to us. So it's, uh, it's been helpful for sure. Yeah, really, really focused in on that, on that service side of it and, and sort of acquiring the equipment wherever and, and, and however you can, right? I mean, uh, uh, working with, uh, like you say, working with partners, that's, that's an interesting approach. Um, you you touch you you touch on a topic I know we're all keen to talk about, which is rates. 
uh, Blake, I know you're, uh, I, I, I know you're passionate about it uh, because um, I've seen some of your LinkedIn posts and <laughs> what, um, what, 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 what's your feeling? What would your message be to somebody that's tempted to uh, cut rates to, uh, to, to try to grab business? Uh, what, how do you, how do you fend that off as a person who needs the work? Uh, it's, it's tough. I mean, it's, it's going to take it, it. I mean, it takes kind of a little bit of courage uh, to, to say no, uh, even though that's kind of everything that, you know, we're taught not to say, um, you know, a lot of uh, the companies now, you know, they all subscribe to a, an analytical comp um, company called Rouse, where they input all their rates into Rouse analytics. And it shows you know, what are your rates? What is the, the industry average rates? You know, here's the, the lowest 25%. But, you know, I have a lot of friends in the industry, you know, that work for the larger, you know, national companies. And they're like, you know, when I have a conversation with them, they'll say, oh, I'm going to stick it to these guys by, you know, lowering our rates just to get our equipment on to kind of teach them a lesson. And my, my response to them is, um, is always, well, if you want to stick it to them, get the work, get the job with a higher price. I mean, show, show that, you know, you differentiate yourself on service rather than just renting something out for nothing for the sake of just renting it out. So it's, it's, it's kind of a challenge because I mean, at one point you got to run a business and you, and you got to continue to, you know, get your stuff out there, but you know, you can't be afraid to say no when something doesn't make sense, like renting a 45 foot boom lift for $1,250 a month. No, well, thank you. You know, renting a two hundred thousand dollar telehandler for for twenty five hundred dollars. No, thanks. Um, you know, so it's it's a challenge, but it, I mean, it does take a little bit of uh, um, you know courage to say no and 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 pivot and and tell your customers, okay, well, these are the rates that we're charging, but you know, you're going to have a peace of mind guarantee. You know, we're going to stand behind our product. We're going to stand behind our service. Uh, if you have a breakdown or have issues, we're there within 60 minutes. Uh, we work weekends, we work holidays. You know, good luck trying to get that from uh, you know the big box retailers. So, um, you know, if you if that is worth you know 10, 15 percent more to you, and and downtime is you know is important to you, then price shouldn't be an issue. Yeah, Jeff. Uh... Give me give me your take on 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 the rates discussion. You know, there's there's no shortage of uh, of big multinationals around here that uh, obviously have economies of scale. Um, you're a smaller guy. Uh, you're uh, you know one one store. Um, what uh, what's your approach and how how have you been able to fend off rate competition? Again, back to you know back to your core. Who are you? What you do? Uh, we function in day and weekly rates. Um, that's what we do. That's that uh, keeps us out of the competition for the the big box, the larger companies. Way back when I first got in this, I went into a seminar, and uh, one thing I took away from it was um, the the business model of you can offer quality, service, and price. You get to pick two. We picked quality and service. And every time things start that you think are getting a little whack, out of whack, you go back to that and what do you do? Um, there's definitely people out there that want to shop for the best price. That's their world. 
there's also a good group of people out there that are looking for quality and service and they're willing to pay for it because my belief um, is that's the least expensive way to do something. And I say it's back to that focus and, and we, we I, I'm just going through a price increase now. If you don't make money doing your job and then you're not in business and offering the service. Um, Myself, I like to be treated fairly by who I'm dealing with. My customers, I believe they like to be treated fairly by who they're dealing with. And pretty simple model. Um, and to be treated fairly, there is an expense to it to a certain amount. Um, we're a company, we don't have all the extras, um, you know, damage waivers and a service charge for this. So if it's $100, it's $100 in tax, depending what it is, it might be fuel. Um, and that's the world we live in. We're, we're pretty straightforward. And, you know, basically we look at treating people fair and uh, that's our price uh, model. You ever, you ever have, you ever have guys drop out on a price increase or how do you, how do you manage that? How do those conversations go? I've um, I'm the counter guy. Yeah. And um, we will put a price in price increase and it just doesn't get mentioned. We're not out there. We're not trying to um, overdo it. You know, I have a good life. I live a good life, but I, I don't live in the biggest house in the subdivision. Um, so I say uh, our customers are loyal customers have been coming for us for a long time uh, and they just want to be treated fairly. They know that it'll be treated fairly. Um, if we get in the do it yourself range, um, People will come in wanting a piece of equipment. You know, it's not that unusual for, for us to talk them down from what they think they need. We're not out there to get the quick dollar. We're out there to get the long dollar. And you do that by treating people fair and honestly. Simple as that. Yeah. Paul, you made an interesting comment when we were in some preliminary discussions about this. Um, uh, you, you, you just sort of threw out there, I don't care. I'll compete with anybody. And uh, I, I think it, it it's th th that's that's the attitude uh, that, that a rental store has to take, isn't it, Paul? That, that that if you you know if you can't sell what your value is, you're you're you know what are you doing, right? And and my comment comes always just what Jeff said about the you know price, quality, and service. Pick two, whichever one you want. Blake, you know, was talking a bit about the uh, the the monthly rates. We will compete with anybody in, in quality and service. We have it. And we run six days a week. We don't work Sundays. That's our attitude. Um, but I'm not scared to go head to head with anybody. The problem, and I think Blake touched it a bit there when he said our problem is the monthly rate. Right now, we are putting our price list together and for the year, we price every year but our price reflects the cost of owning that equipment and equipment everybody knows is not getting any cheaper. So you may have had a machine around for five years, 10 years, whatever the to replacement cost is killing a lot of people. So you better reflect your price because your price is going to reflect when you, your cost is going to be reflected when you have to replace it. And which, and like we are looking, we buy most of our equipment new. I'm not scared to buy and refurbish. I got a great bunch of mechanics and, and body guys that work for me, 
but right now like we're bringing in a lot of equipment and and it's only to give better service um I mean, our biggest example is like our, our hoist equipment. We stayed out of that for years and years. And in the last eight to 10 years, we've jumped into it. You know, why are we running seven or eight toe behind booms now? Because people want them. Um, it's a different type of service. They don't want scaffolding anymore. They're not allowed to use scaffolding anymore in a lot of applications. So by giving them the service, um, you know, we're, you know, they're buying the stuff, buying it right we're going to have to get paid for it. And that's all there's to it. My son went down country to pick up some equipment yesterday uh, we had ordered and he came back in this morning and he says, dad, whatever you do, he says, don't you sell any equipment that we don't have the replacement piece on site for. And I said, Oh, because everybody we're going to, to pick up is saying our deliveries are going to be extended are longer and longer. And that's going to affect your service. If you don't watch out and you say, oh, good, I'm going to sell that piece of equipment. Um, you know, you think you're going to make the big buck on it? Wrong answer. you got to provide service. And um, and that's what's happening right now. And, and you've got to be on top of your game for that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. You've got to, you've got to be, you've got to be organized. You've got to have a plan out ahead. And of course, that's obviously it's been difficult for the last year because nobody anticipated this. Uh, but uh, it's 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 certainly getting worse. I've I've had a refrigerator on order since November, and <laughs> as an example, uh, and uh, I, I think that I think the uh, uh, <laughs> the indicative for the thing of that was uh, that I, I saw on Twitter this morning. There's a, a container ship stuck sideways in the uh, Suez Canal, uh, and there's uh, a couple hundred uh, container ships backed up in the Mediterranean. And I was looking at that this morning, and I said. Well, there goes getting just about everything for uh, <laughs> for several weeks. That just added another week to my refrigerator, <laughs> at least right there. You know, uh, it, the supply chain thing is an issue. And um, Blake, what are you seeing out there uh, on 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 those kinds of things? Are you able to get your parts on time, uh, or have there been uh, have there been similar delays? And uh, what are you guys doing to deal with it? Yeah, I mean, certainly it's uh, created quite the backlog. Um, you know, we also sell new and used uh, trailers mm -hmm. and, you know, I, we made a phone call yesterday to our manufacturer to see what the lead times were on a, just a standard six by 12 tilt deck trailer. They, they, they told me 30 weeks. Um, so, I mean, it certainly makes it challenging to kind of budget and plan. And, uh, but it, I mean, for us, you know, it all kind of stems back to knowing, you know, you know, we're not afraid to support other rental companies, other independents, you know, we'll go wherever we got to go to help the customer. Um, I mean, we've done some pretty creative things. We always kind of try and bring a can-do attitude and, you know, and that's kind of, you know, resulted in, you know, we, we rented out an office trailer. This was a while back, but, you know, we were short one desk. And so I kind of said, well, I'm sitting at a desk. Well, let's just send out my desk. So I went without a desk for, you know, a couple of weeks and, and then same thing with my business partner. Um, you know, we were short a refrigerator. It sounds like uh, there's quite a shortage on refrigerators. So, yeah. um, you know, we went and took his refrigerator out of his garage and, and sent it uh, in the next office trailer. So, I mean, he didn't tell his wife. I'm, I wasn't privy to that conversation, you know, why their refrigerator is missing. But, uh, I mean, it was kind of all, you know, whatever we can do to help the customer. And so it's it, it has been a challenge because, I mean, certainly... 
you know, especially too, like some of the, the new technology around, you know, emission control and, you know, price, you know, that price of equipment has went up, you know, 15, 20%, you know, you know, so it's, you know, trying to budget and, and find that equipment or, or find a, you know, a, a, you know, a new, you know, tier three model or something like that, or, because I, I mean, it is, uh, you almost have to continue to grow and expand. Otherwise, you know, to, to get that economies of scales to, to compete with the, you know, the, the larger retailers and, and larger, you know, national, uh, because, you know, they're buying, uh, the purchasing power is, is certainly, you know, better than, than what we can get, but we have to, we have to kind of grow at their level and continue to grow. And, and, and it's been, uh, I mean, it's a wild ride. I've, I mean, five years ago, I didn't have gray hair. And now I'm <laughs> pretty, pretty gray now. So, it's, uh, you know, it's been quite a ride. Uh, no, no doubt. No doubt. Um, Talking about uh, the COVID impacts, we've got our questions coming in from uh, from the chat here. Um, uh, Ken Bouchard at Surumi uh, is asking. He he's heard that rental dropped by thirty uh, percent revenues. Like I I think he's talking about in uh, uh, over the last like last year, and was wondering if the um, if the three month uh, you know sort of looking at the first three months of this year if we're uh, on the same track or if that's going to get better. I, I I think I know the answer to that. I was looking at the, the the last ARA report I saw um, just before we got on here. Um, they were actually only talking. Of course, this is this is U.S. numbers as well as Canada numbers lumped together. So so it's hard to hard to tell where the separation is there. Uh, they said an 11% uh, drop in uh, North American construction rental revenues. Um, the uh, the the party obviously was much worse, close to 50%. Um, Jeff, do you what 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 trajectory are you seeing things on? Uh, I, I you know you, you guys you guys were able to 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 be okay through the pandemic. Probably uh, you know a lot of exposure to that crazy extra DIY work that we know was going on, uh, and like you say, your own additions and your own growth. Um, what uh, what what are things looking like as far as you're concerned going forward? And I'll, I'll get each of you to chime in on that. Well, we have pretty a positive attitude towards this year. Um, you know, we we refocused and we did we did well last year. Um, the year coming up, um, the limitations are are really going to be supply, uh, what we can get, how we can keep up, back to the the quality of equipment to prevent our to pre provide our service. Um, you know, I have worries that. You know, I, I get a piece of equipment down. I'm not going to be able to get the, the repair part. Um, you know, in our community, we're going to we're facing labor issues at this point. Labor issues are not necessarily pandemic related. Um, it's a, we're in a community that the labor is at a premium. So there are the limitations. Again, um, it's where you, what what sector you fit in. We're light commercial we're do-it-yourself and we're agricultural. Well, those sectors are doing fine. And, and as far as the do-it-yourself, they're at home and um, they're putting effort into their homes. And last year with the pandemic, uh, they're all trying to, to focus in on how to keep themselves active, what they're gonna do at home. They're stuck at home and they're doing home projects that are maybe a little larger scale than normally. 
um, you know, over the years, we found that if somebody starts working on their property in their home, we see them fairly regular for a five-year period. So that, that's a positive thing for us. Um, again, the trick is going to be the supply, giving them what they need. Um, and, you know, the, I think our real challenge, and we have a fairly new fleet, is, is keeping it in good working order. Absolutely. And like you say, that service is the big thing. Folks, I got to welcome into our discussion, Mike Wood, folks. Uh, he has, uh, he, 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 like I said before, he, uh, he had to join us late. But you see, what you got to understand about Mike is that he's a former and still practicing musician. Okay. So if you've ever been to a concert, you know, you don't show up on time. You come in about, you know, an hour later. <laughs> and by then the crowd is so pumped <laughs> to welcome you onto the stage. <laughs> Mike, I'm giving you a hard time, but listen, thanks so much for getting in here. How you doing? I'm good, thanks. I'm like the Axel Rose of government <laughs> advocacy, you know? The show doesn't start till it's three hours later. That's so, <laughs> yeah, I I appreciate the intro, and again, I apologize. However, I think uh, from all small business perspective in Ontario, we're going to have some good news uh, this afternoon with the Ontario budget. So, you know, we'll see. But I, again, I apologize. Sorry to keep everybody waiting, but happy to answer anything you like me to answer, Pat. Mike, Mike, it's 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 really great that you could join us, and you know, we're 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 going to have a more extension and discussion. On, on, on your advocacy efforts uh, because you are uh, the, the, the sort of the special video guest that we've got. We're, we're, we've got a recording of my interview with you talking about all of this uh, that we're gonna be playing later on at three o'clock. Uh, for now though, let's, the, the one thing we haven't heard uh, uh, much about yet in our discussion is, uh, is the, uh, the party side of things. And, and obviously that story is very different uh, than the construction uh, rental side of things. Um, I, you know, I know it's hard, but, but see if you can recap, uh, uh, you know, what it's been like to be in the party rental sector, uh, over the past year of COVID. Sure. So for those that may not know, I am a partner at a company called Ottawa special events in the nation's capital. Then we do have, uh, party rentals. We also have audio visual rentals. So conferences, we do festivals, stage rentals. So our, our whole business is based on public gatherings which you know right now is not a possibility to be a thing and it's been tough pat like i don't mind telling anybody this that in march of 2020 um we all of our revenue for the year evaporated in three days and you know it was a scary time in the winter time we'd have 22 full-time employees we had laid off everybody at that point. We knew that this was going to be a very dire situation. And, you know, again, I don't mind telling people, we lost 97% of our gross revenue in 2020, which equates to over $3 million gross. So it has been a struggle. Um, we were fortunate with uh, some of the Hallmark movies being shot in Ottawa and they're about around Christmas that we were supplying some party rentals there was one wedding scene so they needed a tent and a dance floor and, and so on but you know for the majority of my last 360 i think this is 
what is this, the thousandth day of 2020 or something? Or <laughs> something like that feels like that. You know, that, that you know, it's just been a struggle. And, and I, I really feel for everybody, you know, in the event rental business or any business that, you know, has been affected by all this by no fault of their own. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, 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 it must have been devastating. And, you know, it's, 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 it was interesting. I was on a conference recently uh, and uh, this uh, economist from CIBC was talking about uh, how this recession has been the most siloed recession ever. Uh, uh, sectors get, have been, your, your sector is either wiped out or it's fine or possibly doing better. And, and, and we rarely see in, in any economic circumstance where you have these individual parts of the economy that have, that have, that have been really killed. And, and the rental obviously is a microcosm of that. Uh, you know, because, uh, the, the, you know, the construction guys have been okay. I mean, uh, the, the, the things have carried on. I, I think, like I was saying, I think before you got in, the ARA uh, uh, talked about an 11% decrease in, in, in construction. Well, that's, you know, that's, that's not too bad considering uh, every, everything that's gone on. So, and of course, I think those are American numbers. I don't know how well they relate to Canada. I think our, our sector might have done even better, to be honest. Um, so one, of, one of the things, Pat, I just want to add quickly, because, you know, the hard, the hard part about this is a lot of people don't, if you're not in a certain silo, as you've just referenced, I think it's a great analogy, then you don't perhaps think about it. So you and I were on a call and it had the president of the Canadian Amusement Association, yeah. who I kind of view as a cousin to event rental. So they do all the fairs, ride games across Canada. And, you know, their industry closed in November of 2019 for winter because of our climate up here. And they never got a chance to reboot in for the season. And because they weren't in a position that they could re that they could even reopen, they didn't qualify for a bunch of the programs. You know, that makes it a very, very tough situation for many if they just don't qualify through no fault of their own, too, you know. Mm -hmm. Yep, for sure. And Mike, while I, I'll stay on you for one more second, um, um, I want you to chime in from the from the event side on our rates discussion. Um, we've kind of gone we've kind of gone a, a, around the horn here and 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 asked people how they how they deal with how they deal with rate competition, how they have those conversations. Jeff is raising his rates again. He's just, he's absolutely screwing people to the wall day in, day out. And, 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 and it doesn't bother him uh, at all. Uh, Mike, what, uh, what, how, how do you, how do you approach rates? Have, have you had situations where, where bigger players have, uh, have, have come into your market and you've had to deal with that? Excuse me. One, I'm offended that you think there's a bigger player than me and all. Oh, I'm, that's right. I'm sorry. Completely offended. I'm just joking. There are there are bigger players than me. But you know, the, the thing is, is that I understand the both sides of it. You've got people dropping their rates because they want to try and bring in as much revenue as possible to sustain themselves, and then you've got others that are saying, "I don't have the staff." in order to do it, even with the wage subsidy, that, you know, I have to make this worthwhile. So there is this balance and, you know, never, I'm not advocating, you know, please don't get me wrong for price fixing, but I, I think at some point, you know, competitors have to get together and, and, you know, say, 
we need all to make this amount of revenue to survive. Now, I think that's my balanced, perfect world, rosy outlook on things. But, you know, it is tough when, you know, you do have that competitor that is willing to rent something for nothing just to get 10 cents or 20 cents on the dollar in what they'd normally be doing. So I've kept our, our rates steady um, throughout the year. And, you know, we haven't gone up, we haven't gone down. It's what, you, what people would have paid in 2019. And then, you know, we'll take a reevaluation um, once we start really pulling out of this situation. Awesome. All right, guys, enough of this 30,000 foot stuff. Let's talk about something important. Uh, Don Belanger from Equipment World Rentals wants to ask Paul, you mentioned that you are carrying more toe behind booms than before. Don, Doug would like to know, uh, do you find that they seem to act up more with the cold, snowy, salt-covered roads playing havoc with the electronics and limit switches? And if so, do you have advice on managing this? Paul, how do you keep the snow out of your toe behinds? Uh, <laughs> I think everybody can relate to it. Two things I always tell guys. Number one, and, and, and it was alluded to, like Mike just said, we are a seven-month business for the most part. We don't get a lot of people. We're in the snow belt here. And so we don't get a lot of use for it in the wintertime, but we do get them around Christmas for Christmas lights and stuff like that. One of the things we just did on all our Skyjack boom boxes, we put covers on them. For the rest, we keep all our machines under cover. We have enough buildings here. We can put them in or underneath. And secondly, when they come back, they get washed and they get put inside to dry in the warm. And that is the only thing that works for us. Are there's ones that, I mean, we run a couple different brands here. Um, some are, are one, a couple of them are old, we can't, well, I'll call them mechanical, strictly lever operated, and other ones are fully electronic. Um, there's no one that's better than the other. But the other thing we've done with some of our, like we're getting, you can see it on some of our older ones, you get in the rust and, you know, we'll change fenders and stuff to make them look pretty. Um, we do buy a lot of, we'll call it rust preventive type oils where we spray a lot of our stuff with them. Um, once they dry off inside any of the stuffs that are real critical, we will spray them. Mm. Um, it's like our tractors we put on rentals, same thing. We'll spray the fenders and stuff like that. Just to do as much prevention as you can. There you go. Blake, you got any snow in Alberta? The <laughs> I mean, generally, normally we do. This year was kind of anomaly. We didn't get really much at all. Yeah. So you're taking you're taking equipment up to uh, you're taking equipment up to Fort McMurray or wherever, and some uh, some 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 very cold place that's uh, remote out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, would would are you are you taking actions like Paul to keep keep things keep things okay? Yeah. I mean, certainly. Um... Some of his suggestions were fantastic. I'm going to probably take that back to my service manager there and make sure that he's on that. But uh, no, it can certainly be trouble. And I mean, uh, I mean, for us, you know, being a customer service focused company, you know, a, you know, when it is 40, 50 below, you know, there is a lot of issues with equipment not starting and, and not running yeah. properly. And 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 you know, our goal is to try and go out there and get that equipment running as as quickly and and as, as possible. So it it can be a challenge. It's just, I mean, can't, you know, we are, we live where we live and we can't change the fact that and it's winter, you know, six months of the year in Alberta, most of the time. So it's, 
it's just how you respond to that broken down equipment or uh, equipment that's you know struggling to start um, you know that's going to kind of differentiate yourself from the competitors so the faster you can get out there and get them going I mean the better you your company will look for sure have you found have you found things that work better in the cold than uh, than other things? Let's say that, that maybe on the lift equipment. I, I, I'm not sure how many lifts you're uh, you're putting out there, but uh, is there... yeah. I mean, for for us, you know, we've got you know quite a sizable fleet. You know, we're upwards of you know 60 plus aerial pieces. But I mean, we don't bring. I mean, I don't know if it really does anything. I'm not a heat, I'm not a mechanic. I am not really mechanically yeah. inclined. But I mean, we don't bring anything in without a an Arctic package and. You know, um, you know, we run everything with synthetic fuel and, and fuel additive, and you know, we, we certainly try our best to, you know, uh, make sure, um, you know, when it is like 50, 60 below, you know, in Alberta, you know, we're fortunate enough, like Paul, um, to to bring in, you know, if we, you know, we have nine, you know, three, you know, 400 CFM air compressors. We'll we'll bring three or four inside the building, you know, so that they're you know ready to go. So we're not necessarily dealing with those cold cold start issues. So, you know, kind of looking at what's on the board, you know, kind of what are popular items going out and making sure that we have at least a few of them in our locations, you know, inside ready to go warm and, and kind of. Yeah. Well, and if, if, if you have, uh, if you have uh, several nice big drive sheds like uh, Paul has, you're, uh, you're, you're, you're definitely in good shape. He's, uh, he's got quite a complex up there and, uh, and it, uh, it's, it's, it's a good place to dry out your equipment for sure. And all very organized. Um, Jeff Campbell, let's get intellectual here. Um, my, uh, I was talking about this uh, conference. I, I, I get all my, I get all my economic information from these uh, these conferences and meetings where uh, the economists talk, and uh, a lot of people are talking about uh, uh, inflation. Um, they're talking about uh, the possibility that uh you know the, the keeping rates low has kept inflation uh next to nothing for quite some time um and uh and and but the conditions now coming out of the pandemic with all this pent-up demand restrictions on supply people are having a hard time getting things um I, and i guess i guess my question to you uh jeff is do you do you do you think that there's going to be a um uh, upward pressure on prices and upward pressure on rates like, like, is 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 this a, is this a thing where where we're going to see uh, your stuff becoming more expensive, and then and then you having to pass on more cost to your customers? Definitely. Yeah. And we're back at that same formula. I chose quality and service, and as my costs rise, I've got to adapt. Um, we're a lot like Paul. We tend to set our rates at once a year usually the spring we publish them um and we we stick to them but in a year like this it, you know i can foresee that uh our rate structure might have to be you know september looked at again and reevaluated so that we're we're efficient um where we can pay our staff what they need to be paid where we can repair our our equipment with the quality of stuff we want where we can update our fleet and if you ignore inflation um you're going to get caught with older gear that's breaking down that you can't make money with yeah so you gotta you, you, you gotta keep your it's back to inflation if if inflation goes up 
we as a, a rental business, all across the board, whether we're big or small, we need to accommodate that. Um, you know, you look at the price of lumber. Yeah. You know, uh, lumber's through the roof. Um, the average in St. Thomas, the average price of an entry-level home has doubled in three years. They're taking inflation into account when they're pricing out their houses. Um, and when somebody's building a contractor, they're taking inflation into account. Why would we not as a rental industry? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think I think you have to. What what, what do you think a um, what do you think a major shift in the Canadian dollar would do for you guys as far as as far as buying stuff? Would um, like like are you are you paying for most of your stuff in American dollars, Jeff? Uh, well, some stuff we are. You you know the basis for all currency is basically American dollars, mm -hmm. whether it says Canada on it or a Euro on it. it, it that's where, where the basis is. So we're all, we've all got to take that into account. Um, you know, our community, uh, because there's a lot of American owned industry, um, we function best on about a 75 cent dollar. Yeah. As far as industry in our community um you know and and I say again you take that into account at, at your price structure um and you know we'll see what the american dollar does i think there's going to be a shift in that whole scheme of things in the next few years um and that's something that we need to keep we've got to be proactive on we've got to keep an eye for that stuff yeah mike what, tell, tell me again mike what year you went into business uh 2010 there hasn't been major there hasn't been major shifts in the ottawa economy i i don't think since then um the real that, that real tech boom happened uh, uh prior to that and so you you came in where things were i i guess more or less stable um but what what do you see i guess what do you see happening in your area as far as as far as prices as far as uh as as, as what's going to happen uh with with your rates um is there is is ottawa looking strong is it looking like there's going to be a big residential boom like we've had here in london or uh or are you guys well that's sorry that's more on the construction side but uh, you know what that fuels everything right like when you see the house prices going crazy like that the people are also spending money on weddings <laughs> you know it's <laughs> like you know it, it all it all happens together um uh do, do do you worry do you worry about inflationary effects do you worry about rates suddenly uh jumping up you're having all these big meetings with finance ministers and the like and the likes of that not the, give us the inside information mike are we are we headed for inflation and, and, and rate hikes <laughs> well i i think that we're gonna have to uh do something with rates uh i think that somehow um you know the government's gonna want need slash want some of the investment money back that they've put in mm -hmm. do that they do it by raising taxes um i think that they're gonna have to be careful with with how they roll that out uh ottawa for those that have never lived in ottawa it, it's it's not only the town that fun forgot according to many um <laughs> ottawa is being deemed recession proof quite a bit because we have so many federal workers here in ottawa mm -hmm. so yes we're seeing some of the same things here that you know we've never seen before i saw an article on ctv the other day that um <clears throat> some of the couple had lost out on a house it went for 400 grand over asking 
you know, so yes, I, I see this happening. Um, there is quite a few new home builds that are, that are happening, <clears throat> but I do think that rates are going to go up. I think we're going to see all of our cost of living go up, which is, you know, at some point going to have to reflect in what we charge for things that have been set for over a couple of years now. Right. Paul, you, you mentioned, I think your area is, um, I mean, Collingwood's always been a tourist destination, um, but, uh, you know, it, it, it sounds like it's becoming a bigger, bigger part of your market uh, there, the, the, the tourism thing and, and people coming up from Toronto. Um, uh, what, 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 what effect do you see on, uh, on, on your local economy and, and, on, uh, and on prices and, and, and rates there? We are not slowing down. And the people, the housing demand, um, I was, uh, I'm always interested in the real estate market. We own a couple of farms, so we're seeing the price of farms go through the roof. Yeah. Um, and, and my daughter, Mike, just for interest, moved to Ottawa a year and a half, to, half ago, and she is a federal employee. Good job. We were fortunate a year and a half ago to buy her a house there, help her buy a house. Her house has gone up over 30% since she's bought. We have the same numbers in our small town. And um, the price, the demand, you know, same thing like Jeff mentioned about material, building material. We're doing addition on one of our houses right now. We've been told a lot of our product will not be available for 16 to 20 weeks. Well, it's, it's, that's the, what we're fighting against right now. And there's people coming up. We had a, a, an individual tell me, a real estate agent we deal with, come and tell me, they first time received an offer where the offer was highest price plus $5,000 written right on the offer. Yep. Things like yeah. this are happening up our way. Um, you know, housing is a big thing. Saying that we geared up, we still do a lot of consumer product. And one of the things that a lot of rentals in our industry do not deal with, say the consumer side of it, or they only deal with the industrial side or the construction side. We touch on everything. And we've gotten heavier into the smaller products. Like, yes, we were renting 14 ton excavators and yeah, we still have one too, but we've backed off and we've gone heavy into the small stuff. Why? Because there's bigger bang for the buck and it's what most of our customers want. And if that's a pivot point, so be it. And, um, you know, and that's what our, our economy up, up our way, we're not affected by the big boom and bust, say like an oil cycle, that Blake would be going through, we are been more steady and, and growing. And, you know, we don't see it slowing down in the foreseeable future, as long as people want to move up this way. Yeah, and I don't think it's inflationary, is it, Paul, really, because because it, it is a matter of demand. It's demand driven, right? I mean, I mean, there, there is the supply choke offs. But 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 overall, like a lot of this business and a lot of these delays is because people seem to have money and, and, and want to spend it, right? Well, and, uh, and you know, when you look at a person, an average house in Stainer, let's say is $600,000, just for a, a throw out a starter number five to six. Right. Um, if you're that same house in Toronto, you're at over a million dollars. So people cash in, they're looking at it as a retirement, they're looking at coming up here. Is it inflation or is it just jumping from one market to another market? And and, and that's what a lot of people are adjusting. We, our community has had to upgrade um, the self, the, uh, the internet services. My son on, who lives on one of our farms could not get internet until this past Christmas, until they put a tower up. And now he's got better internet than we have 
in town sort of thing. This is what's happening. We're getting the broadbands. We're getting the, the, the communities are, are adapting to attract. Yeah. It's different lifestyle. It's different changes. Um, and, and that's what's going to happen. Huh. Good stuff. All right, guys, let's do some tech talk. Um, uh, one thing I wanted to touch on or that's been interesting me is uh, uh, I, I think uh, all of us, obviously, over the last year have had to do more and more online. Uh, this very event, obviously, is a, uh, is a, is a, is a, a symbol of that. Um, and, uh, and I think every business has, has had to pivot to really changing uh, uh, the way they do things. And one of the, one of the things I, I, I see more and more of going on in the rental world is uh, obviously trying to do more to serve the customer uh, online and over and over the internet. Um, and an example of that would be our friends at Cooper, uh, and they've launched this Cooper Connect uh, thing. And it is, uh, it is a, a, an online portal where customers can do a lot of their uh, account management and their rental management, and they can track their equipment and all this stuff. Uh, and it's, it's, it, it looks fairly slick and, uh, and uh, you know, they've, they've got that out there. Blake, what do you see? Do, do you see that as becoming a thing in the, in the, in the rental industry where there's, there's going to be more and more focus on the online stuff or are, is this is just because of the nature of this and handling equipment and, and providing that service, is it always going to be face-to-face uh, uh, -face to a greater extent than the rest of the, the economy? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a great question and it's something that we all need to be kind of, you know, cognizant of. I, I think you're going to have like a, a variance of people. So kind of a, the, the old school, I mean, old school generation, they, they want the telephone, they want uh, to, to call, mm -hmm. um, you know, new Back school. <laughs> a new school, you know, it's more of a kind of a... Um, they want to have that information. They want to have those analytics. They want uh, kind of the the set it and forget it Amazon approach. So, you know what? You know we we were fortunate enough that you know we, we when we did a revamp on our website, you know we kind of made it more you know mobile friendly. So this was pre-COVID, so that you know you could offer curbside pickup or customers could place a, a reservation through your um, through your website. Uh, you know you know. Our company, you know, we're developing a website. It's not new, but um, you know, very much like um, the rental guys, you know, or, or something like that, where guys can kind of order equipment online, and then it just shows up. And then when you're done with it, it, you know, we come and pick it up. Um, you know, very much like an Amazon approach. So it's um, it, it kind of depends. Like, I mean, certainly, you know, some guys are going to want this, and some guys, it's not really a huge value add to them. So it's kind of um, it's kind of like weighing the, the pros and cons of, you know, where you want to invest because I mean, you know, telematics and I mean, with new machines, it's, it's becoming kind of integrated into their technology. But, you know, if you have to make a, you know, a sizable uh, investment to, you know, to put these asset trackers and, and telematics into your machines, I mean, that is a fairly, you know, intensive and, and, and cost uh, intensive process, but I mean, it certainly helps. I mean, you know, we, we do have, asset trackers on some of our stuff in Ontario and, and BC and Saskatchewan where I can't physically, you know, watch it or, or, or we have to, you know, be a little bit more uh, reactionary on that stuff when, you know, it's hard to send a mechanic to Ontario, you know, 30 hours away. So it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a challenge. And I mean, like, 
I think it's I think it's important, and it's certainly where the you know technology is playing a huge part of of where we got to go. So it's certainly something that we have to keep an eye on. But I don't think the telephone is going to go away. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. I you know the and the capabilities on this Cooper site were something else because you had like you mentioned telematics. I mean I mean they gave you a pin on a map where your equipment is and and then the the usage meter is is right there and this is all sitting at your desk and you could you know you could have equipment from them all over the all over the province and and you know it, it's all sitting right there in in one report so so i you know but like you know that's that's g whiz you know i'm 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 more interested in uh, in uh, in how much people are are going to use these things and whether rental stores need to be investing in this stuff jeff campbell what are you going to get when you walk into St. Thomas Rental and talk to Jeff Campbell at the counter that you're not going to get on an app? That's what I want to know. You're going to get personality. <laughs> That's for you're sure. you're going to get um, you're going to get to see how the people at the counter or out back are um, really interested in what you're doing and trying to solve your problem. You know, I, I remember when I was a young guy. Now I'm an old guy. And I can remember having the debate at the counter to get a calculator. <laughs> well, you're kidding. That and that's the honest to God truth. Um and yet we went computerized in 1986. So we're one of the first ones in the rental to computerize. So yeah, um, you want to hang on the old way mm -hmm. because there is value in that. But you have to adapt and you have to embrace the new way, the new generation. You know, we're fortunate enough in our shop to have old guys and young guys. Mm -hmm. I'm a telephone guy. I want to talk to you on the telephone. Um, if you ever got an email from me, it's like four words. But the other guy on the counter or, or my son-in-law, you know, it, it's, it's all email, it's all texting, um, and that's how they communicate. Um, but they still realize that, you know, eyeball to eyeball, um, it needs to be done. You need to have that relationship in my mind, um, should a problem arise. And then the two people that are involved can, they know where they're coming from, um, you know, and that's the advantage of an independent small business is you can deal with people that that have the access to make a decision. And um, but on the other hand, you can't be left behind. Yeah. Um, we had a, a company in London that just closed down, uh, finally retired, cancel rental. Yeah. And they were still hand writing their invoices. And my bill from them and my statement was handwritten. Well, it's pretty hard to function in that in our world with that technology. Yeah, they did. They had great equipment. They did well. But you're only going to last for so long. So the technology of the future, um, you know, the efficiencies that it creates. You know, I can remember if, if you got your statements out the third week of the month, that was great. Well, if I don't have my statement out the first day, that you know, the second of the month, somebody's calling me wanting to know what it is. Yeah. And you know, with that, um, honestly, you get paid quicker. 
Um, you know, so you've got to keep up with that stuff. Um, you know, it's available to us all. Um, you know, we got to look at it as an investment um, in efficiency. Yeah, for sure. Jeff, did you have to, uh, did, did you do anything different for, for COVID? Like, did you uh, have to put in like a remote payment or anything like that? Or We have been doing remote pay payment all along. Um, you know, and, and there was some challenges in that because, um, uh, you know, we don't all have the backup from the credit card companies and the banks that we thought we did. Mm. And a lot of us found that out last spring when there was fraud and that going on. I, you know, I got to admit that, you know, we lost some money with, um, you know, visa authorizations and six months later, they say it's no good and or six weeks later. And it's withdrawn out of her account. Wow. Uh, you know, uh, we have, uh, and that was during shutdown when we couldn't see ID. Yeah. So when we were in shutdown, everything was done from the parking lot. They were phoning in their driver's license. They're phoning in their credit cards. Um, so you didn't physically get to see them. Mm. And, you know, uh, when we hit hard times, the there's an element that takes advantage of that. And sometimes we, as business owners, we try and keep on top of it, but we fall behind. Um, you know, this year, uh, when we had our last um, lockdown over Christmas in the first of the year, I'm, you know, it was by appointment, and you had to come in, and we wanted to see that driver's license, and we wanted to see your credit card, because there was a lot of fraud out there, and. Um, Again, adapting, being aware, our technology has allowed us to do that better. Um, so, you know, we, I say technology has helped us out tremendously in this yeah. pandemic. Good. You know, it, it's made us at St. Thomas Rental um, carry on rather normal year. Actually, we had a good year. A lot more work, but we could not have done that without technology. I've often said, imagine what this thing would have been like without the internet. Uh, <laughs> this all happened in 1990 instead of uh, instead of this year. I, I would have been climbing the walls around here. I'll tell you that much. And you know that technology is coming from a guy that when I first hooked up with uh, Pat. Um, yeah when I was the president of the rental association, I wanted to fax some stuff and he didn't even know what a fax machine was. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I, I'm behind in technology personally, but I've surrounded myself with people that are up on it. There you go. And, you know, and that's a trick. You don't have to be um, fluent in everything. You just got to make sure those people are around you. Well, you've also surrounded yourself with technology that you can understand in uh, cars from uh, to you know nineteen ten. So that <laughs> no, Jeff, just Jeff, reinventing. Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Jeff has a beautiful fleet of uh, of, uh, of 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 old cars, and uh, I I encourage everybody to go visit St. Thomas Rental and check them out because they're really cool. Uh, well, they're not at the store, but you know what I mean. Yeah, Jeff will show you. He'll show you. Believe me, if you show up, Daddy will. Yep, Mike. Um, I want to get you to chime in a little bit on the same topic uh, from the from the party side uh, and and the event uh, perspective. Um, how important has uh, how important has the the 
new technology serving people online uh, been to you guys? Is it something that you think uh, uh, people need to focus on more than they do? Uh, or is it, uh, or is it something that, you know, is, is always going to have sort of a, sort of a shelf life, depending on the, on the, on the personality of the customer you're dealing with? Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm with Jeff. I, I, I think there's a, a, you know, a hybrid between the two. Um, there's a lot of people, especially with our AV side, you know, we definitely have to have a conversation. Uh, I've had people call me to rent a wireless microphone and, you know, you suggest that, you know, do you have speakers? They're like, I don't need speakers. The microphone's wireless. And I'm like, I understand that, but you, you have, have to make noise. <laughs> you got to have something that you can hear people out of. And, and so, you know, depending on how, what we're renting or whatever, if you want to rent a hundred black folding chairs, great, super easy online. And we can do it that way. But, you know, I think there's a cross between the two and, you know, with Ottawa special events, we rely um on a strong social media presence we've got you know over ten thousand people on twitter that we can get a message out to quickly you know technology wise on our mailchimp mailing list you know we have ten thousand people there too so you know and then people will engage via email and so on i'm definitely a phone guy i am definitely one to pick up the phone and, and speak to somebody i think you know that yourself because i call you quite often yeah so you know, I think that, yeah, you sort of have to find a balance between the two. Um, I am a face-to-face -face person. I'm a people person. So, you know, I like the fact that people used to come in. We've been essentially shuttered for a year. But I hope when it comes back, you know, we'll continue to use our online tools to create awareness and allow people to, you know, make requests. But we'd still like to have a conversation with you at some point. Awesome. Paul, last word to you. Uh, we got a minute left um what uh, uh g g give me give me your thoughts on on the on the future of uh, uh of online rentals and uh and w whether you whether you think that's gonna really become really become a thing if we can eliminate the component of fraud it's going to be a strong thing if we can't we have we have an environment up here where we're dealing with both residents, weekenders, people who come up from the city. And we've got a fairly high component of people coming up to Shangri-La up here, and we've got some fraud situations. We also run into, going back to what Jeff said about personal touch, we've had a lot of problems with bad visa cards, limits that are no good. And we only accept Visa uh, or MasterCard we and you know for uh, for a rental sort of thing and a lot of people um are having trouble keeping their credit cards under control and i think that's a reflection too of this covid where a lot of people are you know uh, are, can't afford to keep their own credit cards let's put it that way is technology something are we we're, we've you know something we've got to embrace i use the example a year and a half ago before covid hit we were probably doing about 20 percent to 30 percent of our statements as an email Soon as COVID hit, people said email, and we found out at that point how many people are have emails available to them. We're probably up to about eighty percent of our accounts now are emailed. Some are backed up with um, a, a physical copy. Anybody new who comes in here and you want an account, we are emailing. We are not mailing you statements anymore. Um, so, is it is it something? I take the baby step approach. Yep. It's working for us is technology. 
I have also been approached by some online re-renters. Um, I have a problem. I want to know who's going to be responsible, who's liable, who's got the insurance. And you want to make a cut on it? It's like Blake mentioned earlier. We sub-rent to all the big boys. We get along good with all our competitors. We don't mind. We like everybody. And we give everybody a break. But I don't like getting taken advantage of. And I won't let that happen. And that's, you know, comes back to my original component. Is this technology going to work? Definitely if we can get rid of the fraud side of things. Great points, Paul. Great points. And great points by all of you. Listen, guys, that's all the time we have. You know, you get a bunch of rental guys together and you could probably talk all day. But uh, this was uh, th this was this was really good. We didn't even get to everything we were thinking about. Uh, but uh, I want to thank uh, everybody: uh, Blake Manning, uh, All Choice Rentals, uh, Jeff Campbell, St. Thomas Rental, uh, Paul Van Stavern, Stainer Rentals, and Mike Wood from Ottawa Special Events. You guys were great, and uh, thanks so much for joining us on the panel. I'll encourage everyone watching. We're going to take now a uh, about a 45-minute uh, networking break. We'll be back here at uh, 1 with uh, Ken McDougall from Skyjack uh, delivering his keynote address. Uh, so everybody have lunch. Uh, do check out our uh, exhibitors in the exhibit hall and uh, go ahead and chat to one another. Don't be shy. Uh, you can chat with anybody on the, on the platform just by clicking the uh, just by clicking their name. And, uh, and so have fun. We'll see everybody back at one. And uh, thanks so much uh, to the uh, Cross Canada panel. See you guys later. Thanks for joining us for Counter Talks. You can find Counter Talks episodes online at CanadianRentalService.com or on the major podcasting services. Counter Talks is a presentation of Canadian Rental Service Magazine.